0: now hello and welcome to the addicts Nombs podcast i'm your host jamar today is episode 103 and we're going to be doing a group discussion about the uh article that joey wrote joey rizza he's here today and the article is healing four things that are necessary to begin the healing process so we got adam w what's up adam
1: hey how's it going
0: I'm doing well. Glad to see you here again. And we got, we got Kevin J. What's going on, buddy?
2: Hey, guys. Good afternoon.
0: Afternoon, sir. And we got Joey R. What's up, Joey? Um, just uh, a happy guy. Looking forward to uh, talking to you guys about this. Well, that sounds good. It's good to be happy. So we're going to start off with you, Joey, reading the first part of the article. And uh, after that, we'll, we'll dive in and dissect. It. Sounds good. So I'm handing it over to you whenever you're ready. Okay. Healing, four things necessary to begin
3: healing. The natural healing force in each one of us is the greatest force in getting well. Hippocrates. Healing is the process of making or becoming sound or healthy again. It's about mending a wound. In order to heal, you must stay away from what broke you. That is not optional. To truly heal is to make whole, which involves so much more than just remaining sober. Healing is not an overnight process. Just work on being in a better place mentally and emotionally than you were the day before. To begin the process of healing and recovery, there are four things that are essential for you to do. One, be honest with yourself. Two, forgive yourself. Three, have self-compassion. And four, start living in the present. Number one, honesty. Integrity is telling myself the truth, and honesty is telling the truth to other people. Spencer Johnson. Lying was something I did quite often when I had an alcohol use disorder, but I left that all behind with the alcohol abuse. In my new sober lifestyle, I no longer have a need to be dishonest. It's a wonderful feeling to be honest and authentic and not to have to worry about being caught in a lie. Without being honest to myself, I don't believe I would have been able to progress. I would not have been able to start the healing process. The path to self-healing begins with honesty. It's about being authentic and having integrity. To be honest means to be free of deceit and untruthfulness, to be sincere, straightforward, and genuine. When you are honest with yourself, you can accept all your flaws, and all your weaknesses. It is the first step to self-improvement. Being honest with yourself requires self-awareness and courage. Having self-honesty is absolutely essential when you're making changes to your life. Self-honesty is also necessary for you to recognize all the inner strengths, your positive qualities, your good character traits, which will greatly
0: help in your healing. All right, that was a great read. I really appreciate that. So let's dive in here. Let's just talk about, first of all, mending a wound, because it says here it's about mending a wound in your article. So Joey, explain that a little more when you said mend a wound. What kind of wounds are we talking about? Um, I, I,
3: I think in, well, in my case, because every addict is different, every, al- you know, every alcoholic is different, but, um, but usually something is broken.
0: N- sound right. Something is broken in you. Yeah. We may- no, yeah. I think something in all of us is broken and we're trying to fix it.
3: Trying to fix, Yeah. Trying to fix it. That's it. Exactly. So when, when I said mending a wound, we had basically something, um, some, a form of fear or helplessness or um we just we had some kind of pain or anxiety or some kind of issue that really wasn't making us who we really are you know who we were meant to be who you know the 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 child that we were the way we were we were born um A lot of crap gets into your life, you know, uh, along the years, and it it kind of breaks you down. So it it sometimes creates a wound, and then you reach out and you try and cure that wound and you grab onto something external, like we did to grab some alcohol or some coke or some heroin or, you know, pain pills, whatever, you know, I was done a few of those. So uh, I'm familiar. But anyway, yeah, that that needs to be mended. And um, the first thing to do is uh, if we're going to heal is to stay away from whatever, just, you know, what we tried before, you know, to heal ourselves, you know, using external substances. And that, that just creates more, more pain. So
0: does anyone else have anything on mending a wound? I mean, I don't know. I, I think deep down side, if this makes sense, it goes back to father issues. So that was like kind of the wound I was trying to heal. You know, I, I didn't have a dad. Well, he left when I was it was later in life. I was 17, but he just out of nowhere took off to Florida and we barely spoke. It's really not fun. So I feel like I carried that wound with me because shortly after I started really doing drugs like coke and ecstasy and mushrooms and stuff like that. So I think that was the wound I was healing. Does anyone have any thing like that they went through?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Definitely can relate and identify with uh, a deep father wound. Um, My father was present um, physically, but not emotionally. Um, I didn't really get, um, many hugs or was told, you know, I love you. And it was really difficult for me, um, to really feel loved and nurtured in a way, um, to where I felt, uh, safe and protected and able to be my authentic self. Um the and that's just one um aspect of the wound. Um I mean I experienced a lot of childhood trauma. Um and then as a result of my addiction, I experienced um ongoing trauma um in homelessness and in incarceration and um there's just a whole lot to unpack um I can really really appreciate how healing is a process and in order to to heal um you know I can't um just deny what happened um it's important to go back into the armor and the walls that I have built in order to protect myself and feel safe. And um, so that really involves kind of picking at the scabs and um, going into the wound and allowing myself to feel what I need to feel to start that process. And of course that starts with honesty and awareness.
2: Those are some of my thoughts. I agree with Adam. Um, I think with a lot of us that are are in recovery or, or, you know, um, became addicted, um, trauma was one of the number one things that I had to, uh, you know, that wound I had to heal. Um, You know, childhood trauma. the trauma that I inflicted on people that I love, uh, my children. Um, and like Adam said, uh, you know, the homelessness, the incarcerations, the, um, you know, everything that for me that went along with addiction and mental health. Um, I was blessed to have, you know, a, a great therapist and, and a great psychiatrist for uh, several years, you know, who, you um, understood that you know uh, solving your mental health um healing your mental health um, has to come first and during your recovery from addiction um, you know when i when I was out there you know um i didn't understand i didn't know anything about trauma i mean i didn't understand it um i didn't really look into it you know until I started recovery and even in early recovery, you know, somebody else had to tell me about it because I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything, how it affected me. I didn't know how I affected my children. You know, I, it was all new to me. Um, and, uh, the honesty part in that is to, um, recognize the part I played in inflicting trauma on, on, on my children, on my family, my sister, whoever, you know, uh, you know, I had—I didn't know that I played a part. You know, when I was doing those things, you know, the things that, you know, my addiction caused and my mental health caused and ultimately I caused, um, you know, I didn't understand how it affected other people. You know, I, I thought I was doing the best I could as a parent. And, you know, even my middle daughter, Jenna, told me all about myself that, you know, I didn't do the best I could. Um you know, and I had, I had to learn how to take responsibility for that, um, be honest with myself, and understand that I couldn't blame it on anybody else. Um, no matter what happened to me, it was ultimately my decision to do what I did, and I could have done it a different way. Um, you know, and, and until I got to that point, that was when I could start to heal.
0: Thanks. Yeah. yeah, mending a wound is something that mm-hmm. a lot of us have to do in recovery. So,
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. No, oh, did you have something to say?
3: No, 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 no. Uh, you, you were going on to honesty, I guess. I was just going to jump in and say um, the reason why I, I, I kind of wrote about honesty, you know, when I was um, thinking of what's necessary to start the healing process, I realized it, that probably all of us were deceiving ourselves
0: we weren't well, let's being get to on, let's get to honesty in a moment because yep. I, lo- I love the next line you have here and i want maybe you to elaborate a little bit and we can For all sure. talk about it is in order to heal you must stay away from what broke you and that is not optional right right um we we think at the
3: time because when we're drinking or when we're when we're drugging we think that it's like self-medication right we 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 know even if we don't admit it to ourselves we know we have a problem some kind of mental or emotional problem and we take a substance external substance to try and heal ourselves but uh now that we know better uh the damage that it can do um you know and to you know to everyone yeah you, know, you know various um stages of our addiction um we realize that once we've stopped that you know when we still have feelings of you know being lonely or or helpless or or what have you or abandoned um we got to know at that point you know that's not an option anymore the alcohol is not an option the drugs are not an option that's not going to work so that's you know that's a part of it that's that's the beginning of it i
1: guess yeah um when you finally when I when I finally hit a place where uh, the drugs weren't working anymore mm-hmm. you know because the the drugs were my solution to all of this pain you know all of these the wounds that we're talking about um, that feeling of of not fitting in or, or not feeling comfortable in my own skin or you know, um, all of those feelings that addicts talk about the drugs, uh, and the alcohol were the solution to that. They numbed me out. They, they, they helped me to feel like I fit in. Um, and so when you take away that solution, you know, all you're left with is yourself and, you you know, the, basically the problem, um, so in order to begin the recovery process, um, that, that, I, that of course is essential, is being honest with yourself that uh, the, the drugs and the alcohol are not working uh, anymore. And all it's doing is creating this vicious cycle of pain and um, con- negative consequences. And the, the, you know, when you've been relying upon these chemicals for so long, um, that's really hard, hard to do. For me, the only way that I was able to stop was either jail or detox, right. you know, yeah. and, and sometimes that's necessary uh, in order to, to break the cycle and, and separate yourself from, from uh, the chemicals, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's been my story. That's my experience. That uh, it was either I've I've tried a million times to stop on my own, but I was never su- successful at it. And I've tried all the different ways too, you know, like switching just to pot or just drink or methadone and all those um, try ways to try and figure out how I can keep these chemicals in my life because. Your life was just too painful without them, so yeah, I had something had to intervene, and usually it was uh, blue lights and handcuffs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it says you're um you must stay away from what broke you, and what broke me my my bottom was you know getting into a huge fight, my ex girlfriend screaming and yelling, knowing she was pregnant. I shouldn't have done that, but. As far as what broke me, it was, it's pretty simple. It was alcohol and benzo for the main thing towards the end. And we'll add it all to, but I think it's so simple to sound like, you know, stay away from what broke you. That's not optional. Some of us feel like it is an option where I don't know what we feel. It's just, we go right back to what broke us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, we know that snorting, whatever, destroyed us we were homeless but how many times did a lot of us go back to it after trying to quit
3: yeah yeah um i was thinking you know um i i'm always researching oh, i did a lot of research when i was um you know in recovery and i never realized that we we get this uh, false dopamine rush from the chemical you know or the alcohol or the drug that we're taking and then you know depending on how long we've been doing it when we stop um, our body does not create the dopamine you know that we need to be happy it doesn't we yeah. don't get those feel-good chemicals anymore the body the brain is not used to producing those and that could last anywhere from 90 to 90 days to a, a, to six months you know, without, you know, the brain being retrained and repairing, being repaired. So it can give us, you know, the natural dopamine and serotonin and nephrinephrine. Nep- I-, I can't pronounce the other norepinephrine. one. <laughs> norepinephrine. Yeah, my wife always helps me with that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I mean, that's yeah. completely right. You're completely yeah. right. That's how I explain to people.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's so great to be past that point. And, you know, I feel really feel for people who are in th- that stage right now because that that's the difficult part
1: and it's particularly difficult for um i hear not just opiate addicts but uh these the crystal meth now oh it's huge uh, oh yeah it, de- it depletes so much of your dopamine it it takes like years for the brain to heal from that type of damage wow. yeah um...
0: Joey, I think Joey's read a little bit of it. I'm uh, not literally, I'm actually writing an article right now on crystal meth addiction because what I've discovered personally is, you know, as you guys were talking about earlier, I've done over a hundred interviews and I had to put it together. I'd say it's almost a 50-50 split between meth and opiates. So opiates have taken over the news lately, you know, but Meth is right up there with it. And, you know, I know from firsthand data, I don't ask people for a particular addiction. And I just had someone speaking this morning about his girlfriend's addiction with the spouse's perspective. So I don't look for anyone in particular, but it's 50-50. Meth is out there and it's a big thing. And the meth is being laced with fentanyl because the way it works is you still get the high. It's not as high, but you get the high. But what happens is once the meth feeling wears off, you still have that little bit of fentanyl that's telling you, go get more. That's the whole point of putting a little fentanyl in there. Because some people go, why mix an upper with a downer? That's why. Because that little bit of fentanyl keeps you coming back. Yeah, it gets you more physically hooked. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of just mentally, more physically. Because meth is a mental thing.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it's fentanyl, too. Now, the big thing they're doing with fentanyl is cutting it with benzos. I mean, that kind of has the same effect as what you're talking about, as adding fentanyl to the vet. You know, it keeps them coming back. Yep. And a lot of people are dying over it, you know, of course. Oh, We all know that, you know, but... Actually, I think I finished
0: the crystal meth article, I think. And I'm writing now on fentanyl. So I'm learning a lot about fentanyl. And it only takes a few chemicals. You know, you can produce it... um, very cheaply and you can get a lot into the country it's just a little bit you know it's 50 to 100 times it's 50 times stronger than um heroin and it's 100 times stronger than morphine. so you only need a little little bit oh
2: and then yeah. there's the new one that, that, that they just come out with um, car fentanyl no it's 40 times stronger than fentanyl um hold on i'll find it in two seconds but, you know, it's just starting to emerge. It's been, a, it's actually was in, uh, invented in the, uh, in the fifties. And it was a car fentanyl or no? No, hold on. I'll tell okay. you. Um, And it was never, ever approved for, you know, it was, it was developed legally, but it was never approved to, uh, to be used in any type of form in the United States. Here we go. Hold on. Medicine. What's it called? Say again. Medicine.
1: And I've never starting, heard
2: of that. They're starting to find it in everything. In Ohio, it was really a, it was really a big thing. I think around Columbus or something like that. In the article that I read, um, and again, they're doing the same thing with medicine that they did with fentanyl. They're putting it in everything: meth, pills, weed. Um, and it's, you know, it's going to take over soon. You know, and I'm sure once that hits the scene, they'll come up with something else. You know, it's just a never-ending thing. Yeah, but it's it's forty, it's up to 40 times more powerful than fentanyl. And you just said how much fentanyl is more powerful than heroin and, and morphine, you know. So it just keeps going on and on and on.
1: Yeah, I recently uh, listened to a book on Audible called Fentanyl, Inc., Mm -hmm. and uh it's 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 free too if you have an audible um subscription and it's amazing how um all these rogue chemists are coming up with these new designer drugs so fast that the fda can't even keep up with
2: it right yeah yeah that um the nickname for that stuff is uh frankenstein dope because it oh, turns people yeah. into monsters when they take it,
1: and all you have to do is change one molecule exactly and, you know then it's, then it's legal.
2: right now, i read an article similar to what you're saying. I don't know if it was the same one or not, but you know they're, they're manufacturing this stuff here in the United States and Nitazine, and in China. China is a big producer, and I checked online and you can actually buy it not on the dark web, right off of Google. It's mm-hmm. like I don't know ten grands for three hundred dollars, and they ship it to you to your house. I, I don't understand, you know, how how we can get away with that crap. Yeah.
1: Well, they, should we get back to the solution?
2: Yeah. <laughs> again, uh, yeah, so um, expanding on what you said, Adam. I mean, about being incarcerated, and you know, I. I got incarcerated a lot and you know after even after being being in for a year and going to all the AA meetings and NA meetings and and Bible studies you know the first thing I did when I got out was was used you know alcohol whatever whatever was there because I wasn't being honest with myself you know I you know I I wasn't accepting the fact that um I can't use one more time you know and it's always that thought goes in you know in my head you know, when I got out that, and in other circumstances as well, that, you know, maybe if I use this time, it'll be different, you know, um, and I wasn't, I wasn't trying to heal what the real problem was, it was my mind, you know, um, you know, and, 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 and I've learned until I correct what's going on up there, um, I'm not going to get better, you know, and then, again, being honest with yourself is the, one of the first steps.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's where uh, heading. to You
0: know, one of the things um, Joey said about honesty and this is a quote by Spencer Johnson is integrity is telling yourself the truth or telling myself the truth mm-hmm. and honesty is telling the truth okay. to other people
3: mm-hmm. Yep, yep Yeah, I mean, yeah Sorry, crit- a- right. sorry, no, go ahead Kevin
1: one other um, thing, one other, I, who wants to go? No, you go Adam. Well, one other thing that, that was coming up for me was um, uh, the stigma around um, like medication mm-hmm. now because a lot of people, you know, they might be able to break away from, for example, let's say the heroin, but they rely on maybe Suboxone. Mm. and there's a big stigma in the rooms you know that if you're if you're using suboxone you're not clean um and um i think that uh it's important to recognize that medication has its place and it, it and it can be a tool to begin the healing process um just to get yourself some structure and be able to start to function in society as a responsible citizen um i believe that uh you know suboxone has been a miracle drug and um there are groups that you can um join like uh mars medication assisted recovery where you can feel safe and not stigmatized right um you know and uh, that's just an important topic to bring up that uh you know this idea that uh, if you're on medication you're not clean and I think it's important um, that we uh, have compassion and empathy for people um, that need medication.
3: Yeah absolutely Um, Adam I agree with you I'm a real life example of that I was um, I stopped the pain medication and I was put on Suboxone and mm-hmm. uh, well I I was thrown out of the pain medication <laughs> for, my doctor stopped he said you know because I was doing other stuff and you know they did check my urine and said I can't I can't continue to prescribe pain medication for you if you're gonna if you're gonna be smoking pot and blah 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 anyway so he stopped me on that he sent me to a doctor who uh, dispensed suboxone and I mean suboxone to me it was like Great. it just i started on it we didn't get you high or anything um but it just i guess it stopped the cravings and but it's very powerful i think it took me three to four months to wean myself off suboxone at the very end i was there were just little granules that i was taking (laughs) (laughs) but you can wean yourself off it you know if you take your time if you're determined if you know Um, but yeah, you're right. There is a place for medication. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's one thing too, that, um, I think you're at Addicts Anonymous. We want to stress that, you know, anybody that's on, you know, medicated medical assisted, uh, recovery is, is welcome with us. We don't judge, you know, and, and and like you guys are saying, I've seen some work wonders with people. it didn't work with me because I wasn't ready yet. I abused it as far as abusing the system and selling it and getting other people to go get it. You know, the whole, I think anybody a done and knows the whole run around with that. But yeah. Um, yeah, if I was ready to recover and, and I was uh, given Suboxone, actually, you know, I've been to rehab many times and I did the Suboxone taper, you know, to come off of heroin in rehab. And, you know, it, it was a godsend for me. You know, I think in the last seven days, you know, they start you off on 16 and 8 and 4 and 2 or whatever it is. And, you know, and it, and it really, you know, uh, helped with the, the withdrawal, you know, from opiates when I was in rehab. But, um, yeah, I, I have a good friend that's, you know, she has pain issues and she was a heroin addict. And um, she started on Suboxone. And, you know, it, it she hasn't touched heroin in 10 years. Um, she still takes Suboxone that limited amount because of her pain and it helps with her pain. Um, you know, and she makes a great living. She, you know, is a respectable person, you know, in society. Uh, you know, all the things she wasn't when she was doing heroin, you know, she is now. And I can't, you know, I, I can't, there's nothing really bad except for the, you know, like, uh, Joey said that the detox from Suboxone can be a little rough, mm-hmm. um, but if you do it the right way, like you said, uh, and, and assisted by a doctor, I think would help. Um, you know, you can you can stop it. I mean, it's like you know, it's like anything. You have to want to move on. You know, if you don't, if you think you're ready to go, you know, from Suboxone to just you know uh, relying on uh, your recovery to to help you through. Then, yeah, you can do it, but it it is a little tough.
0: Yeah, yeah. The next thing is talking about where you get into honesty now. Because the next line is, in my new sober lifestyle, I no longer have to be, or I have a need to be dishonest. It's a wonderful feeling to be honest and authentic and not to have worry about being caught in a lie. <clears throat> I'm sure we're all familiar with lying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that we all have our fair share of lies. I used to, I, at first I would deny being an alcoholic. I did that for a long time. Then eventually I admitted it, but I said, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I, and I, that was probably lie. I was lying to myself because right. deep downside, I wanted to quit, but I was making excuses for myself because I couldn't quit. So I was like, it's okay, you can just be an alcoholic. That was just my brain saying, it it doesn't matter, just go drink. Yeah. Yeah, so that was definitely a big one for me.
2: Yeah, the the lying, oh my God. You know, I couldn't remember anymore what I lied about, you know, um, I'd have to make up lies to cover another lie and, you know, it was just it was awful man (laughs) it was crazy you know um, and even when I got clean one of the first you know first couple times you know I found myself lying when I didn't have to you know um, you know it's just the dishonesty or whatever you tell yourself Um, you know I'd lie about feeling good you know and I'd lie about you know I'm doing great and you know when deep down inside, I'm freaking hurting worse than I ever had before, you know, just to keep up appearances to make it look like I'm, you know, one of the great NA or NA uh, uh, people, you know, um, wanting to be at the top of my class or whatever you want to say, um, you know, it, it's yeah, I, I can't, you know, the lying just was crazy, you know, and, and like it's, it says in the article, it is wonderful. Not to have to worry about um you know, my lies coming back to hit me in the face, you know. I don't tell lies anymore. You know, um, so I don't have to worry about, you know, covering up the lie and making up another lie to cover that lie and you know, all that crap is gone, thank God. And again, that's a part of healing.
1: Yeah, I um god lying uh just like everybody else was just so exhausting um trying to remember (laughs) what lie i told to all the people and um oh my god so um one one of the huge lessons i've had to learn was um not just being honest but um living in an honest way to where I don't have to lie, you know, because, um, for a while there in recovery, I'll give an example. Like I was in a relationship with a married woman and, um, obviously that was creating a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. and i was thought i was doing good by just telling my sponsor and being honest about it but uh justifying my behavior right and um it, it's not honest it's not an honest way of living um and so i really had to learn that lesson a very hard lesson um <laughs> when i re- when i relapsed um, you know, just caught up in all of the the head games and um, ideas that she was going to leave him and we were going to live happily ever after. But um, so that was really important for me is living in a way where honesty comes easy.
0: And it's not easy doing that. Like no. Every now and then, someone will either ask me a question or I have to say something, and I start to lie. I have to catch myself, like, dude, you don't have to lie about anything anymore. I used to just make up random shit sometimes. Like it was just too much. I would lie about life experiences, obviously, getting high, drinking. And in the beginning, I would deny it.
3: Yeah. So it, it's really, it's really like a twofold thing. It, it's being honest with other people. And uh, I don't want to say more importantly, but um, at, at, at that point in your life, when you are, um, you know, trying to get clean, uh, want a recovery, want a better life, want to improve. Um, yeah, you do have to be honest with other people, but you really, really have to be honest with yourself. You have to look at, um look at all your flaws look at all your weaknesses and then you you got to accept them you got to say hey this you know uh these are the things that i do it doesn't mean you're going to do them forever uh, but these are my weaknesses and just admit them to yourself well back you know years ago and when psychology was at its infancy that, that was really all that was looked at, you know, what's, what's making you do this, what bad thing happened? What, what, you know, what are your flaws? What is all that? And since the nine, the late nineties, now that we're into um, we've progressed to positive psychology, you, you, in addition to looking at your flaws and weaknesses, you also need to recognize that you have these inner strengths, you have these, you know, positive qualities inside of you. And, but what you have to do Uh, is start cultivating them you could you can't do it while you're using you know but once you get clean and then you want to start improving your life and recover you can focus on the good things and you know things um you you know being grateful for things um being kind kind to other people there's so many being generous being compassionate there are so many things um you know I, i i kind of um studied a lot of Buddhist principles. So it, uh, I, I try and apply those in my life. Um, and especially when I was starting in recovery, just to be honest with myself and say, okay, yeah. Okay. I, I, you know, maybe I'm a kind person, but can I be kinder? Can, can I be better at this? Can I be more generous? Can I be a little bit more loving to my wife? Can I start talking nice to her? And, uh, you know, little by little, you can cultivate all these good things that are, you know, within you. Um, so that's the part of being honest with yourself too. And that, that's the part that really helped me improve. You know, I said, wow, if I can do this, you know, what else, what else do I need to work on? You know, what other good qualities can I work on? You know, and it just, um, um, there's so many things that that you can do, but they're, they're, they're there. You, you, you have, you have the, uh, capability of being a better person, but again, if you're not honest with yourself. Looking at your mistakes, looking at your flaws, your weaknesses, and then at the same time looking at your strengths—you know that that's really being honest with yourself. And, and 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 once you do that, that's when you could that's when you can start improving. That's when you can start healing. You know, at least in my case.
2: Yeah, and, and another thing I was thinking about too is, you know, I never thought of how my lies affected other people either. You know, like for example. I'd buy, we'd get the kids a PlayStation or a GameCube or something back in the day, you know, for Christmas. And two months later, I'm taking it to the pawn shop (laughs) and I'm coming back and they're asking where it is. And I'm saying, you guys spilled juice in it. And I had to throw it away. Oh, God. And that's just crazy. You know what, what I did, you know, that, that kind of stuff, you know, and, and again, once, you know, I, I didn't realize what I was doing, you know, until I got into therapy. And, um, you know, the effect that it had on my kids or, you know, my wife uh, give me 20 bucks to go put gas in the car and, and you know, I, 10 bucks in and 10 bucks to the liquor store and, and then come back, you know, we we're driving down the road afterwards and say, man, there's something wrong with this car. It doesn't get very good gas mileage anymore. You know, it's, it's just crazy the crap that we do and how it affects other people as well. You know, so I'm thinking, it does. Who's, who else is affected? I'm the one telling a lie, so it can't affect anybody else, you know, but... Ultimately, it does. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> you mentioned um, positive psychology now. And um, I think it's important. Well, it was really important for me to um, really start to try to bring the unconscious conscious. Um I think Carl Jung's work is very important, um, especially as it relates to trauma. Uh, Like one of my favorite um, psychotherapists is Peter Levine, um, who says that uh, unhealed trauma is destiny. So Mm. I had to start recognizing these patterns in my life and get myself into um, therapy that uh, really could start to excavate uh, these behaviors and these patterns. And there's so much good cutting edge uh, uh, therapy out there now, like uh, brain spotting is amazing, EMDR, CBT. But what I've really been getting into lately is uh, bioenergetics. And um, what that does is it really gets you, it's a somatic therapy where it really gets you in touch with the body Mm -hmm. and into the heart because trauma is stored and trapped in the body. So, um, you know, these are um, somatic exercises that you can do to really get in touch with the unconscious and heal from this stuff. And that way, it breaks the um, the patterns, the unconscious patterns that sometimes we get stuck in, without ev- really even recognizing it. <clears throat> like uh, a good example is, why do I keep getting into these destructive, toxic relationships? You know, a lot of us in recovery um, find ourselves in relationships that are chaotic and toxic and very painful. And um, that's just one aspect of uh, you know, the, the shadow work that needs to be done in order to heal, in order to be a healthy person and uh, have deep, rich, meaningful, healthy relationships. So I thought I would just bring that up.
0: No, that was great. So going a little forward here, give me one second. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was being honest with yourself requires self-awareness and courage. Having self-honesty is absolutely essential when you are making changes to your life. So the first line is being honest with yourself requires self-awareness and courage. So I think when it comes to self-awareness, it's just recognizing what you're doing. Good or as you guys were talking about how you didn't think you were hurting anyone else, but self-awareness is about saying, I did hurt someone else. I am aware of the situation at hand. I know what's going on. So I am a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a compulsive gambler, whatever it might be. You have to self-awareness ties in with step one, just admitting your life is immeasurable and you can't handle your shit anymore and you need help. So step one, self-awareness are quite the same. You need self-awareness to actually take step one, if that makes sense. So I thought I'd bring that up. But self-awareness to me, like I said, is just about recognizing that you're hurting other people or you're hurting yourself. Um, And it's about being honest with yourself, self-awareness.
3: Yeah, I think that's a good point, Kevin. Mm -hmm. I think to me, Mm -hmm. self-awareness is like a it's like a precursor to honesty. Uh, once you yes. become, once you become aware, then you have a choice to go back and deny that and have self-deceit, or to be honest with yourself and admit it. Um, so, yeah, one kind of that awareness kind of leads to being honest, I think, or having to be honest with yourself. You know, which is. We're, you know, what we're talking about. It's, it's, it's an important step, you know, especially at the
0: beginning. Anyone else have anything on self-awareness?
1: Yeah, no. self awareness? Yeah, self self awareness for me has been huge. Uh, I love uh, Anthony DeMello's work around awareness um, and the practice of, um, you know, watching myself kind of stepping outside of myself and watching and, um, being aware, um, has been crucial for, uh, being honest and also my spiritual growth and maturation. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, a vital exercise is as, as far you know practicing self awareness and bringing bringing all this stuff you know to the surface very important okay
0: so the next part is and just so everyone knows we lost captain gata drop off we're going to continue on We're almost done so that being uh, that part of the sentence is being honest with yourself requires self-awareness and courage. Mm. So courage is a big thing. I think we all. I know for me, I needed it to go to rehab. I was nervous as hell. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't want to go. I was not. I was not into it. I knew I needed it, and it's about taking the courage to make that step. Because I think courage, I think self-awareness and courage tie into step one, because you need courage to take that step. Once you're aware of what you're doing and how it's affecting you, how it's affecting other people, and it's making yourself, uh, your life manageable, that's where you need the courage to take the next step and say, okay, let me get help. Or some people don't do that. Some people wean themselves off and they get sober on their own, but you know that's, that's rare
1: but you know, it's it is what it is. Yeah, I'm reminded of the, um, you know the the idea of like pain is a very good motivator. <laughs> yeah, it very very much could be. It very yeah. much could be. Like until until the the pain of remaining the same becomes great enough, then we. Um, have the courage to take another uh, path, make a new choice. And it's really hard, you know, especially in the beginning, because as an addict, I I don't like change. Um, You know, change is scary. I, I, I get into these routines and patterns where it feels safe. So courage is definitely something we have to really dig down deep and get help and support in order to make new choices new positive healthy choices with like you said self-awareness and honesty and a lot of times you need an ally you know you need a friend you need a sponsor you need a support group you need family support you know um all of these tools help me to build courage and and um Really, the willingness to change and uh, make make new decisions and new positive, healthy choices that uh, bring about real um, recovery. Um, and courage can be can be hard um, to to tap into unless you have that support.
0: Sure, absolutely. So moving on a little bit here, it's really just coming towards the end, where it's just saying self honesty is also necessary for you to recognize all your inner strengths, your positive qualities, and good characteristic trait or good character traits, which will greatly help in your healing. So I want to talk about inner strength, and not to just bring up uh, Addicts Anonymous, but that's part of our thing is you need inner strength and courage that you may not even know it was there to apply to the program we've come up with. And everyone has it. <clears throat> I think we all have an inner strength, and I think we all have an inner courage. Yeah, we do. And, and I think um, one of the
3: inner strengths that can be developed even more and what is really needed to help us cope with um, – you know, all the difficulties and, you know, the challenges that life just throws at us day after day is resilience, you know, the ability to handle all that stuff and some stuff um, just accept and, you know, some stuff just, you know, um, work with and, you know, whatever it takes just to get, get through those um, challenges and, uh, and problems. And, but, you know, resilience is kind of like the ability, the ability to bounce back, you know, like, uh, okay, that, you know, I'm just going to let that roll or, or or just go right over my head because, you know, if I fight it, it's not going to, it's not going to do me any good. Um, but it's, it. I think that's a big thing, you know, being resilient, um, you know, especially as a recovering, you know, alcoholic or, or an addict you know, it's kind of vital to to be resilient because, you know, life keeps always throwing shit at you. It just does, you know, it does. Yeah.
1: I, um, was, had a period where I was going through a lot of grief, um, in my recovery because I was a big, uh, baseball star growing up and, uh, was supposed to, um, You know, I was good enough to go into the pros and um, of course, you know, drugs uh, um, lost that opportunity. And a friend of mine pointed out like, um, that the fact that, you know, um, being a baseball player or any sport really, there's a lot of um, character traits involved that I can still utilize. Uh, like, discipline, and, like, inner strength, the showing up, the willingness to win, you know, teamwork, that drive, um, you know, so now I apply all those principles to my recovery, and um, resilience is definitely one of them, you know, baseball is a game of failure, (laughs) 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 usually, usually get out or strike out more than you get a hit. So, um, and same as uh, basketball and golf and football. I don't know if any of you guys were into sports, but Mm. uh, I try to use those principles and apply them to my recovery. And it's been really helpful.
0: Hmm. That's great. So the last thing I have is we're going to talk about healing because it says, you know, your good character traits, will, which will greatly help in your healing. So how do we heal? Um, For me, it was just taking one one day at a time. You know, I was mentally just distraught. I was all over the place, so I had to take it one day at a time. And for me, healing was doing things like self-care, you know, make sure I was taking my proper medication, I also did meditation, um, which was huge in helping me read a lot of books to help myself understand myself in the brain and how that works and different principles and philosophies. So healing was a process for me. It was a combination of different things.
3: Yeah, I think it was the same for me, too. Uh, um, Jim, Uh, sorry. Um. Yeah. I. I immediately. I had been made, meditating before, even you know, even before getting sober. But um, it became more important to me to to meditate. Then it meant something more. You know, once I started reading about it, and you know how to how to you know to get something out of it. it. It wasn't just a matter of you know, kind of just blocking out your mind or your thoughts. It sometimes sometimes just listening to your thoughts and 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 just letting them go by and you know a lot of of things come in your into your head that um, aren't even true I mean there's something thoughts that flow through your head they say that the average human being has 50,000 thoughts a day you know and I was like no that can't that can't be and then I was like I was watching myself and like Wow, yeah, I just thought about like eighteen different things in a matter of like three seconds, and uh, a lot of them are just useless, useless information, you know. So it, uh, when, when we're um, we practice mindful meditation, you know, you, you you center yourself and you focus on the present, you know, what what's happening now, you know, what what in a in a non-judgmental way. So th- there's a uh, that we can go on and on and talk about meditation, but uh, that, that is a, a good part of healing though. That, that's really helpful. And, and and especially for myself was that self-improvement. I, I think I wanted to be a better person. And uh, since I'm retired and my wife's working, she works as a, a, a nurse in, in the OR, um, she's gone for like 10, 12 hours a day. And um, I don't want to just keep, bugging and hanging around with my friends. So I did, I did a lot of reading and I still do. And there's a lot of information out there. That's very, very helpful. Um, Not everything could be applied, but there's so much out there. um, That can help you develop as a person, you know, help you to be happy, help you to find that, um, you know, that positive lifestyle that, that, that way of living where you don't even, you know, you don't even, you get to the point where, yeah, um, I don't, I don't have no need, no desire for alcohol anymore or drugs, you know, because um, I have focused on positive things to help improve my life, you know? So, um, and, and not materially um, just all within the head, <laughs> you know? Um and um, that's really where, you know, like things, like I said before, like gratitude and kindness and generosity and compassion, um, all those things, um, you know, are beneficial. They help you move forward and they help, help you develop. And we're, we're going to be learning um, something new for the rest of our lives. till the day you die, you're still learning. You know, you can never learn enough. You can never improve enough but it's going in that positive direction i think is is necessary you know especially for addicts and you know um, those who suffered with you know alcohol abuse
0: absolutely
1: i agree i completely agree yeah i, I, still, do, no, go I still i still do a, a you know a tremendous amount of healing work and um one of the kind of traps that I was in for a little while was um, just really focusing on meditation and um, which was very beneficial for me. I love meditation. Um, But what I, what I discovered is that healing doesn't take place in the head. Healing takes place in the heart. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I, I really started getting into sufism and um and then i was introduced to this grounding spirituality that i'm talking about as far as somatic healing work with the body um and that has been huge for me and um you know um i just highly encourage anybody on a spiritual path that's trying to heal is to um like um there there is there's so much out there to explore mm. and i think as long as your energy and focus is is on that you know it's it's a very good thing um yeah i just wanted to throw that out there
3: yeah adam have you have you uh read any of uh eckhart toll who, who speaks about the, the the body pain
1: yeah the pain body uh pain body. the power- thank you yes yeah, the power of now and um, that uh, it definitely has its place. I think it's, it's good work, but I, I don't I think it's more um, uh, disassociated, really. Um, just for me, that's what it feels like. Like his work didn't really resonate with me because. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, it's all it's all head stuff. <laughs>
3: isn't that isn't that great though that there's so much out there that you know since we're all unique individuals that we could apply you know what we need for ourselves and I think that's the thing there's no one size fit all program yeah re- recovery program yeah and you yeah, just make you yeah. realize that that it just everything is unique to the individual
0: it's what you take out of it yeah yeah. no two recoveries are the same right right because just like two there's no two people exactly the same yeah yeah
1: i highly recommend uh jeff brown's new book grounded spirituality it's amazing
3: i am a- actually reading the uh gabor mate's book that uh we talked about about a week ago uh in the realm of
1: of uh Hungry ghosts, hungry ghosts, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome,
3: yeah, and uh, that's when I started realizing, you know, him with his work in Vancouver, um, you know, how bad things can really get from some people. I mean, just um, how addiction could really really hurt your body. You know, I, I never got to that point where I was, you know, had uh, you know, blood. Uh, diseases and ulcers and all that kind of stuff and hiv and uh so i can't really relate to that so those people need something a little different than what i need to recover you know so yeah it's so uh i'm so grateful that there are so many things out there and so many people out there to help help those of us who, who are in need and then once we get to a point we can You know, we do the same thing. We try and help other people. And I think that's what uh, Addicts Anonymous is about, really. Am I right, Jim? I mean, just helping other people.
0: Yeah, it's just we want to be a resource. We want to, you know, I highly recommend everyone goes to addicts-anonymous.com. Just click on the resources page. There's a ton of stuff, no matter what your addiction is, sex addiction, video game addiction, drug, alcohol. There's also our approved literature page where, Joey, you write for us. Uh, this article is going to be posted on the website so we have a lot of resources available we want to i mean going back to the conversation we want to help people heal so we we want to have stuff available you know so the articles range from talking about actual drugs like crystal meth fentanyl then they go to range from schizophrenia and addiction examined you know we look at a lot of different things bipolar just so people a lot of them hopefully could find something that relates to them so that's what addicts anonymous is about it's, I'm excited to, you know, continue to grow it and have people working with us like Joey be part of the team. So, yeah, yeah and
1: I I really appreciate and love the fact that uh, we have a safe space to open up and talk about all this stuff because, yeah, you know, like you, you, sometimes, you know, my experience with like AA and NA, if you bring up a, a topic. Uh, or or a book or something oh that's not recovery approved AA approved literature and all this stuff you know (laughs) you know it's and it's not the open mind that they talk about and I think it's just really uh, beneficial and important for there to be a space like this where you can get any resource or go any direction you need for your recovery and that's just a beautiful thing
0: Thanks. I mean, I appreciate it. We we work hard at it, you know. But yeah, yeah, does anyone have anything else they want to add to healing? Because I think that's a a good place to wrap up. That's the end of that part of the article. And this was part one. We're going to be doing part two next week or the week after. And uh, that is what, forgiving yourself, Joey? Yeah,
3: yeah,
0: yeah, forgiving yourself. So yeah, we'll do that. So for everybody watching and listening, if you like what you saw and heard, go below and give us a like. Also, subscribe. You'll see when we upload new videos. You can check Addicts Anonymous out on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, TikTok. We also have the website, like I mentioned one more time. It's addicts-anonymous.com. So that's all we have for today, and we'll be talking soon. So until next time.
3: Thank you, guys.